Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Outlook determines outcome. That's a quote from one of my favorite authors, Warren Wearsby. Let me give you the context of that quote where he said nothing paralyzes our lives like the attitude that things can never change. We need to remind ourselves that God can change things. Outlook determines outcome. If we only see the problems, we will be defeated. But if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. Truer words never spoken. How you and I look at things during our lives will affect us so much. Do you look at this phase of your life, this season of your life, as a chance to draw nearer to God, to others, to be more like Him? How you look at things determines the outcome. It will make you better rather than bitter. Do you view your life or this season of your life as a huge interruption and imposition to your plans, your goals, your dreams? Or do you see this as the opportunity to climb a little higher, that elevation is possible, that my outlook will determine my outcome? Hello, my name is Ken Curley, and we are here on Daily Devotion. And yesterday, I spoke a little bit about the life of Joseph. Let me pick up his story in Scripture for just a few moments, and then I want to share another couple of stories that through the years have meant a lot to me, and I think they underscore this message that outlook determines outcome. We looked yesterday at the life of Joseph. Joseph is called the Jesus of the Old Testament, and we see how Joseph adjusted his perspective Again and again, Joseph's life was not easy. It was not a gradual escalation. It was a series of immense rises and falls. It was a series of ups and downs. He staggered once in confusion in Shechem, arrived in Dothan only to be sold out by his jealous brethren. Joseph possessed something that saw him through, saw him through betrayal, saw him through being lied on by Potiphar's wife, saw him through being forgotten in prison. He believed that God was at work in his life. God was fulfilling his purpose in his life and in the world. Do you and I really believe that God is at work like that in our lives, that he takes the good and the bad, the consequential and inconsequential, the high points, the low points, and he uses them all to accomplish his glorious purpose. Our days, the Bible says, they pass like a weaver's shuttle. Time is a thread, and our choices give the thread color and texture. And God weaves all things into a majestic and intricate tapestry of his own design. Jacob had fashioned a coat of many colors, but the heavenly Father fashions one that is beyond our comprehension. Where we see chaos, God sees order. Where we see knots and confusion, he sees future crowns. 
He fashions all things in our lives according to his purpose. Joseph held to that purpose, that God-given dream. That was the outlook that in his own life brought a different outcome. I think we waste so much time in our lives blaming God, blaming others in our faith, walking around, maybe blaming the devil for everything. I just wonder sometimes, would we ever grasp that God allowed these things to happen to shape us into the people he wanted us to be? This moves into the dimension of trust. I think trust is a higher level of belief. Trust is faith times 10. There needs to be an element of trust sweep into our life. Trust that God is on our side. Trust that God is for us, not against us. Trust that God is working things out. Trust that the great God of heaven is going to give us the grace and the grit to sort things through. Someone once said that success is 10% what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to it. We need to prop open the door to heaven and say, God, how should I look at this? What should my outlook be? A different outlook will purchase a different outcome. We see that in Joseph's life, and we can see that in our own life. It's not what happens to us. It's what happens to what happens to us. It's how we process everything in our lives. Would you permit my mind to wander today? I've got two stories I want to share with you, and I believe they're going to help you, perhaps during this season of life, where you're not seeing and sensing the greatness of God as you would like. The first story is told in Mideastern folklore of a man who lost his horse that ran away. And when the horse ran away, his neighbor came to him and said, Ah, bad luck, your horse is gone. And the man replied, Good and bad luck, what do I know about these things? A few days later, the horse came back with 20 other wild horses, and the neighbor came by and said, Amazing, it's not bad luck, it's good luck. Now you've got 20 more. And the man replied, Good luck, bad luck, what do I know about these things? While his young son was out one day taming one of the new horses, the wild horse kicked him and broke his son's leg. The neighbor came by yet again and said to him, Terrible, isn't it? Your son's leg is broken. It's bad luck that these horses came. And the man replied as he had twice before, Good luck, bad luck, what do I know about these things? A few days pass and a band of criminals are going from town to town looking for all the able-bodied young men to recruit and kidnap for the gang. They were about to pick this certain young man when they realize that his leg is broken. So they decide to leave him and move on to the next house. The neighbor comes over again and says, good luck, isn't it, that your son's leg was broken? He wasn't taken for the gang. And the man replied, good luck, bad luck. What do I know about these things? The story continues on. In tiny episodes, the man proves we don't know what lies ahead. We don't know what the future holds. We don't believe it's 
good luck or bad luck. We don't believe it's fate or it's chance. We believe in providence, that God holds everything in our lives. He holds it all in his mighty hands and he's working everything together for good. Why don't you wait to judge? I think that's the message. Wait to judge until you stand before God face to face. There you will find out there were reasons why he didn't stop that runaway driver, why he did not stop that person that harmed you, why he did not stop that bad fortune from coming into your life. Why didn't God do this? And why didn't God do that? Where was God when I needed him? If you and I will adopt the outlook that says, God permitted this. God permitted me to go through this. He permitted me to see this, perhaps that I may learn to trust him more and that my faith can be escalated to the realm of trust. Maybe I'm going to see some new aspect of God's character. Maybe I will see the majesty and the love of God. Maybe I will be reminded this world is not my home and that God's purpose is slower to unfold, and I will give it time. Have an outlook that says, I'm going to give this some time, and God is going to show me, and you will have a different outcome. Here's the second story. It's a beloved story that's more commonly called the way of the prophet than anything else. It's perhaps the most beloved story in Jewish folklore, A young man desired to travel with an elder prophet to learn the way of the prophet. The elder prophet agreed with one condition, you must never ask me why. And with that strange condition accepted, the young man accompanied the elder prophet. The story is really endless from this point, with generations adding twists and turns to its plot. But let me give you a few of the episodes within this story so you can gain a sense of what the story is trying to teach. The young man and the prophet begin to walk, and they journey into a wilderness gripped by famine's bony grasp. And there a poor widow with only a son and a cow to her name provides them housing and food. The elder prophet and the young protege eat the remaining food in the house while the widow and her son go without. They sleep on the only bed in the house while the widow and her son sleep outside in the shed. Early in the morning, the prophet arises, walks to the door of the house, lifts his mantle, and the cow falls over dead. Then he and the young man make their exit without a word to the devastated widow. They walk down the road and a passerby greets them as they crossed a bridge spanning a deep gorge. The prophet didn't reply. He just lifted his mantle and with haste, the passerby seems to be flung over the bridge to his death in the rocky gorge. The young man is speechless. Finally, at evening, they come into a city where no one offers them food, water, housing. Happening upon a group of men digging a ditch, they ask if shelter might be provided by any of them. They laughed at the elder prophet, threw rocks at him. They spent that night huddled against a wall in the city. Early the next morning, the prophet passes the ditch that was being dug. He lifted his mantle and the ditch is miraculously finished. The workmen arrive and rejoice. The young man was exasperated. He said, I know I promised to never ask you why, but I can't help it. Why? 
Why did you finish the ditch when those men had been so mean to us? And the person who greeted us on the bridge so cordially, you lifted your mantle and he was thrown over the bridge to his death. And the poor widow, she was so kind, but you killed her cow. The elder prophet said, when you asked to come with me, I made you promise to never ask why. But this one time I will answer you, for the way of the prophet is the way of God. The men who had their ditch finished were within feet of striking a treasure, but through their lack of hospitality, they'll never find it. The man who met us on the bridge would have committed a vile sin one mile down the road and jeopardized his eternal future. God was merciful to him. And the woman with the cow, the woman's child was about to die, but I asked God to take the cow instead. Steps may be confusing, and you may not understand, but God is ordering your steps. God can change your outlook for a different outcome, and a changed outlook is always an uplook. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, you and I can have an outlook for a different outcome. We may all see the same thing, but how we process it, how we look at it, how we look through it to see the mighty hand of God at work determines everything in our lives. I'm praying this week on Daily Devotion that we see the greatness of God and that we process everything that's happening to us through that lens that God is doing great things in our lives. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this family. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book, You can get your copy of this life-changing book at KenGurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.